Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to From Bob's Office. Today is February 6th, and it is currently 10.22 in the morning. I'm Jake Mathis. I'm Jacob Bomber, and I started to laugh because I was expecting you to mess up. Because I've... Wow. No, what I did was I played you messing up in my head, because sometimes you say, From Bob, From Bob... I don't even know what you say. Wow. I just... I heard... I heard the wrong thing in my head, and I started laughing. So you just found out expectations for me are low. <laughs> Um, that was directed at our guest. The next voice you hear belongs to a good friend of ours who is part of the group of youth leaders involved in the Fellowship of Christian Athletes on a couple of campuses in the city, and he is currently the high school pastor at Cornerstone Church. Ladies and gentlemen, Simon Viss. Pleasure to be here. <laughs> Thank you. Good night. Good, a good, <laughs> good luck and good night. Um, so we... We normally start by talking about what we did over the last week, weekend, etc. We have a full sports podcast on the Super Bowl, so we're not necessarily going to talk specifically about the Super Bowl, but we talked about what we did. We went to our friend Nick's house, hung out with a bunch of people, played a new fun card game oh, that it's great. Jake can't pronounce. Oh, Frackle. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> the, the game is called Oh, Frack. Oh, dang it. Mm. I, um, I thought I was real this time. Exhibit A. It's like, have you ever heard of the game Quelth? Yes. Okay, so if you took Quelf and combined it with Uno, oh. that's what this game is. It so is you're fantastic. playing Uno, and along the way there are random rules that you have to abide by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of them involved speaking. You have to spend the entire game speaking in an accent. Which mm-hmm. is really easy for me, by the way. <laughs> I'm very Surprising. fluent in many languages. You're not fluent in <laughs> any languages that aren't English. See. <laughs> <laughs> That's not fluency. Uno Espanol. <laughs> Again, write your letters to Jake Mathis at Los Altos Grace Church. Um, so, on that note. Mm-hmm. That'd be really cool if someone does, because that'd be my first mail here. That would be pretty fun. In a different language. So you, oh. you may be able to oh, imagine it. somebody I, wrote you a letter and cut so you out in Spanish. Yeah. In Spanish, I like Spanish class in high school, I was really good at reading and understanding, but I was really bad at saying. Mm-hmm. So I might understand... Like three percent of it. I mean, I guess that's how most languages are learned. You yeah. read and understand it, but you have no general fluency. Yeah. Like I'm really good at like being able to I write can fluently down read it. Yeah. <laughs> I probably can't yeah. anymore, but back in high school, I was pretty good at like writing it. Yeah. So anyway. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that came up. Because <laughs> we were talking about what we did during the Super Bowl. Adam. What did What did Simon do for the Super Bowl? Well, so Sunday. Uh, my wife went to San Diego to hang out with her friend, uh, and I stayed home, and I watched a little bit of the Super Bowl. I watched till halftime, mm-hmm. and then we have a Sunday night service at our church, so mm-hmm. I decided to attend that. So I missed the whole <laughs> fourth it. quarter. Oh, man. Muggle, and, you know, wasn't too mad about it. Over the years, I've kind of uh, not distanced myself, but haven't cared so much about the Super Bowl. And there have been some great games. Some past couple of years haven't been so great. So it's yeah. like, ah, just another Sunday. But I I figured out, and you guys probably know this too, but Super Bowl Sunday is the most, like, stay-at-home holiday yeah. in the United States. Like, every, more than any others, like Thanksgiving, Christmas, because those are traveling yeah. holidays. But Super Bowl, everyone's at home. So... Interesting. <laughs> Did you like notice your church attendance being down? Oh yeah, for sure. 
Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, on a, yes. <laughs> on a, if we had a Sunday night service, I would not have been in it. But yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> totally. That's very understandable. We should have had a Super Bowl service. What does that even mean? We play it downstairs, and then during halftime, you say something. <laughs> we get interview the football players we know. The like real football players, or just the people we know who played. Football? I only know like legit one real football player, so I. But he would not have shown up. He's kind of busy. He's in Cincinnati, yeah. Yeah, that would have. Actually, he might be here right now. No, we'll see. Don't hide. <laughs> so, all right. Um, we did have a fun weekend, though. We we had a dinner on Friday night for FCA. Um, that friend of the show, Jake Hardy, hosted at the home of one of our other friends. And, man, their backyard's so dope. Yeah. That was their front yard, Bedley? Whatever. It feels like a backyard. <laughs> when you enter it, it feels like a backyard. It's their courtyard. Yeah. It, I feel right. like it's one of their entrances to yeah. their homes. Yeah. Or to That's their house. It is part. It, it is their living room. <laughs> yeah. So there's a, what, eight-foot, nine-foot-long gas fire pit thing that was pretty dope with some, some comfy chairs around it. And then a makeshift ping pong table that was actually on a glass table. That was a good test of true ping pong skill. True skill, yeah. Because it's very hard to get the ball on a very small surface. And that one, maybe three feet long, four feet. Yeah, long. it was it was not much. Um, but I don't know. Simon and I handled business on that thing. I suck at ping pong. <laughs> <laughs> but there's no reason for me to ever to play ping pong. What? It's such a good test of like if i wanted fine to play skill. a game like that i play wii tennis <laughs> not even real tennis i'd play wii t- real tennis is way too much running i'd probably vomit <laughs> <laughs> i have to be I mean, honest here <laughs> i'm trying to legitimately think i think i've only played wii sports twice in my life you're missing out any like any wii sport like me just entering it and playing an actual game, I think I've only done twice. I was an all-star in every sport. What does that mean? I think I owned the Wii and only played Wii Sports <laughs> twice. That's It was the most selling Wii game because it came with the Wii. <laughs> um, there's like a, you get points like after a game. So like let's say you score 267 in bowling. So you, it's a plus 267 to your career score. And so... Like, eventually you get to a point where you have, like, a million, and then you get the sparkly ball. And it's really cool. <laughs> the statistics of Wii Sports is wild. It's wild. <laughs> it's great. I love it. <laughs> and I, just hate I forgot what you sports. get for baseball. I I'd just yeah. rather go outside and play. Cool. There's some <laughs> of us who don't. <laughs> well, the strap, the strap, the wrist strap changed the game. <laughs> So you're just Wii launching sports. the remote everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Only broken four TVs. I haven't. I'm really <laughs> bad if I did. I did throw. What did I throw the other day? Oh, I threw a GameCube GameCube controller. Why? I forgot. That, I was that's playing. Really easy not to throw. I know. There's three oh, I holders. <laughs> so I didn't even. I didn't even throw it out of anger either. <laughs> I, it came back at you, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I I was playing Owen's little brother Mason in Super Smash. So here's the thing about me and Super Smash. I've spent my entire life only playing the N64 version, mm-hmm. and that's what we have in our home currently, and we play all the time, me, Cody, and Kyle. And 
so like all the new versions, like I hated the GameCube just in general. I hated the controller. I hated everything about the GameCube. So I never played GameCube. And then the Wii came along and I hated that even more. <laughs> like, no, I can't deal with these controls. So, so I never played any of the upgraded versions of Smash. Mm. So we get to the new version and our guys liked having tournaments and stuff. So we would do stuff downstairs in the basement. And the first time I ever play, I win the tournament. <laughs> oh, should I bring my Switch? Why am I bringing that? Never I don't know. Um, so, so, and I like Yoshi is my guy. Yeah. I always just use Yoshi. So, <laughs> so these kids and I walk in like I haven't played any new versions of Smash. I don't know what the heck's going on. Mm-hmm. I'm just in here to have fun. By the way, I can beat literally any Yoshi user except for him. <laughs> wow. And and I'm. Like, I'm not going to sit here and, like, brag that I'm good at Smash. Like, I'm not. Cody destroys me all the time. Mm-hmm. But, like, I just play a very simple, reactive version. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to do all this craziness. And people are like, oh, well, Jacob sucks, so I'm going to do all this craziness and have fun. And then I win. <laughs> and they're like, wait, what happened? And then that happened, and I won. And everyone was very confused. And then yeah, then they started taking it a little more seriously, and then I don't win anymore. Yeah. I'm not super adept to Super Smash. I have I've dabbled. Into it, but I know very few people that use Yoshi, yeah, and yeah. are oh, extremely good at it. Yeah. So you must be an all-star. I just, I just do the double hit up, smash down, throw a couple of eggs at you, and we're good. I like turning people into eggs and yeah. then pulling Every them off then. the side. Oh, most people yeah. react to that well. They see it coming and they like jump back and get back on the stage. Kyle. Almost 100% of the time, just falls off. I'm like, Kyle, how many times did this happen to you? And you still fall off all the time. Kyle and I have something in common. I love that. Find us at the bottom. So with Mason, the same thing happened. Like, we're playing, because it was during layout, and we were at their house. And so Mason is, Mason plays against Owen and destroys Owen. And he played against somebody else and destroyed them too. So, so I was like, okay, I'll play. Expecting like I go in and I'm expecting to get destroyed because Mason's good and then I beat him and and so just out of like celebratory I just threw the controller I was like ah eat it Mason and, then, and it like hit the console or it hit like the, the it hit something yeah. and he was like don't break my stuff I was like ah it's fine it's GameCube it, those things are durable trash so yeah beat you at a trash game a trash system so. I think that's one of my favorite things to experience when, you know, you have no experience in a game whatsoever and you completely destroy someone who <laughs> spends their life doing yeah, it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Cod Mobile and the, the middle schooler was like, oh, I'm so good at this game. I'm like, okay, let's try it. So I downloaded the app and I played against him and I, I beat him like 21 to like 10. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this was cool. It yeah. is the Lord's use of humili- humility. <laughs> for Kids think they're so <laughs> smart and good at stuff. And- Kids are actually really dumb and never mind. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I want to go back to this FCA dinner because yeah, I want to do this. I was wondering, like, how do we get here again? I want to do this on on the air. So I'm sure it happens often. So when we were at the FCA dinner, we were all like talking, hanging out, eating some really good food that I was actually really sad that I couldn't eat more of because I had to play a lot of frisbee the next day. So it I was great. Get fat. So I only ate like half of what I wanted to do. But Dickie's barbecue potato salad is bomb. Everything um, about Dickie's barbecue is pretty good. Yeah, it was it was good. So. So we're eating, hanging out, and then Jake Hardy, his, like, icebreaker, get-to-know-each-other game is Two Truths and a Lie. The most interesting round of Two Truths and a Lie I've ever played. Yeah, it kind of got to a somewhat, I mean, after Jake, there was, like, kind of a somewhat slow start. People kept referring to, like, siblings and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, like, I guess part of that's interesting, but like, if the five of us do that, that no longer becomes interesting. Um, so I didn't do I that. I mean, either. no. <laughs> no offense to Simon, because Simon has a lot of. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that. But I didn't use that in my. No, you didn't. So I mean, good job. Were somebody, you going? To? Somebody ruined it for no, you. Absolutely not. <laughs> I, I mean, I already have a set two truths and a yeah. lie that I'll use every time. So they work pretty gonna, well. Yeah. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna say ours. And then the listener at home, you can just decide what you think it is, and then we'll talk about them um, because our stories were pretty good. So um, I t- <laughs> we're going to do Simon last because his story is then just going to lead into the rest of the conversation because <laughs> it's fantastic. Did you hear that? I shouted you out on Tuesday. Oh, no. Theater. you. I, I didn't did. hear that. We'll talk about okay, it. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, because you were in Laguna. I was going to say Malibu. That's the opposite direction. Same, same place. Yeah. It might as well be. Yeah. Um, so mine, so my first one was that Six Flags is my f- favorite theme park. My second one was that I almost made the Clippers summer league team once. And my third one that I said was, I don't remember. I don't remember either. <laughs> I just know I wasn't allowed to This is why I wrote them around. down. The one I was going to say was that my, Stepdad gave my mom a scorpion for Valentine's Day once. <laughs> That's funny. But I didn't say that one because Kenzie had literally three seconds earlier just told a crazy pet story. Mm. And I was like, well, that's going to be real suspect now. Well, I, it's good observance. I use yeah. a pet, too. I mean, that might have played. But that's why. Because you went before me. So then yeah. we all started talking. And then she, like, ended with one. And I was like, well, I can't use a crazy pet one. What was the other one? I don't remember. I wrote it down and then I deleted it. Well, we'll just go with those. So, <laughs> favorite amusement park is Six Flags. And almost made the Clippers Summer League team. And my stepdad gave my mom a scorpion for Valentine's Day. <clears throat> so, I hate amusement parks. Yeah. <laughs> I am. Literally, like, the second he said that, I was like, I have to hide my face. Well, and that's funny. And that's what was funny is, like, as... Because there were multiple people there who were there with, like, significant others. So the significant others knew stuff. So, like, they couldn't answer, quote, unquote. Mm-hmm. So it was, like, it was awkward that, like, Jake was my significant other. <laughs> yeah. I, was like, the I was like, you just brought that up. I didn't do this. <laughs> yeah. um, but, like, again, yours was funny. And then, so so there was that. Um, but, yeah, I hate amusement parks. They, The last two times that I actually rode actual rides, I rode Ghost Rider at Knott's Berry Farm. Thought I was going to die. Like, I could see the wood just coming straight at my head, and I was just, like, hunched down the whole time. It was not pleasant. And I went to Disney World a long time ago. So for the couple of times I've been to Disneyland, Space Mountain has always been closed. Really? Yeah. Huh. So I had to go all the way to Disney World to finally ride oh. Space Mountain Wait, once. you would totally fit on Space Mountain, though. It's pretty open. Not at Disney World. Oh. Those cars are... Stupid small. So this is when I was like 20-ish, 21 maybe. And so I get in it, and the car is like like Mm. tiny. So my shin is against the car, like on the edge of the car. Well, that ride like does some quick movements, Mm -hmm. and so you have to brace and do all this stuff. It was so – I had to brace so much with my leg. There was so much pressure on my leg the whole time that I had a bruise on both shins <laughs> for like three days because of it. It's like, I'm never getting on this stupid ride again. So I hate amusement parks. Uh-huh. Um, the second, the other lie is my stepdad did not tell my mom. the truth. No, it's too, 
It's two truths and a lie. Uh, oh, two right. lies and a truth. Wow. What did what did I do then? You said something true. Uh, it was oh, it was you had dinner with Lecrae. Oh, yeah, that, was, that was that was the truth because I used right? yeah. Okay, well I screwed that up. <laughs> <laughs> you two will do. I was better. actually really impressed with the scorpion thing. Yeah, my so my stepdad didn't actually give my mom a scorpion. He gave her a tarantula. I was saying it was a tarantula. I don't know that. See, I like the <laughs> twisting of the truth. That because well, well, that's what I did. It mind. leads to a good story because my mom that year was like, "Surprise me!" So he did, and then we had a tarantula in the house for twelve years. <laughs> Incredible. I'm surprised yeah. it lasted that long. I, they last a long time as long as you like feed them. We never took her out. I don't know how my I don't remember never how my took mom her out. Like, <laughs> walk her around the block. <laughs> no, like people hold tarantulas and stuff. Like yeah. they, if they're I, pets. No. You can they're like po- interact with them if they get comfortable. Aren't their not, hair like poisonous or something like that? No, not hair. <clears throat> like they're like little like. No, I mean they have fangs. If they bit you, you would wouldn't like it, but. Yeah. But they're like holdable Funny creatures. They if have they're fangs. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Oh my gosh, that sounds voices. <laughs> but they're not. That's so. I mean, there was one of the first times we had her, and my mom was cleaning the cage. My friend and his sister came over to hang out, and like, my friend's sister like put her hand in to let it come up. But, like, it's supposed to just stay in your hand. So oh, you can, no. It didn't stay in her hand. It started to climb up her arm, and she freaked out so much, but managed to not, like, scream and run around. She was just, like, freaking out and frozen. Petrified. Yeah, but... I mean, that's what I would have done. I would have not been pleased. She saw the basculus and just so, froze. Yeah. So, oh, boy. So, so from that moment on, I was like, I'm not touching that thing. But, like, tarantulas, if they're used to being held and moving around and stuff, they're comfortable with that like they can do that but we never did like, that so like a hedgehog so okay. a coddle a coddled tarantula can survive <laughs> yeah wow. so it was fine the the best thing about the tarantula is when it sheds it sheds a full uh-huh. exoskeleton and so like we would it, i've never watched it actually climb out i'm sure that was something it did at <laughs> night i wish i would have seen that's like a cool thing to have them just pop out of their skin yeah but it leaves like a full thing behind that's cool. So we would take it out and we would just put it on top because it was mm-hmm. cool. But if you like walked by and weren't paying attention, you'd <laughs> think that tarantula was up on top of the cage. And I definitely had my heart stop a couple times wow. because I was like, oh, that's a- oh it's not up. It's the wind hits it and it flies at you. And you if just- I if there ever would have been a time when she was not in the thing, I would not have slept at home. <laughs> like I'm not like I'm not afraid of spiders. I don't need a tarantula on my face. <laughs> that's just where actually. I'm at with that. So, yeah, and the other one is I had a conversation with Lecrae about his marriage. I didn't actually have the conversation. I was present for the conversation. Was That's it Micah that had the story. conversation? Uh, it was his brother, actually. Oh, Le- Micah's brother? Le- yeah. Le- okay. So, so those were mine. Uh, my two truths and a lie were my favorite fruit are oranges. Um, my I'm related to the world's tallest man ever, Robert Persing Wadlow, who is 8'11.1". Um and I have a pet, or I had a pet hedgehog. Did you say that one? Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't have said anything else, because that, that's the only thing I really thought of. Yeah. The lie was the oranges. My favorite fruit are strawberries. I thought of the oranges because there was an orange tree above us, and no one else noticed it, thank God. Like <laughs> <laughs> I was like looking around like, what should I do right now? And then I saw that, I'm like, oh, perfect. I'm like, my favorite element is fire. <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> but like, that's true. I, I do like fire. So <laughs> yeah. Um, I am in fact related to Robert Persing Wildlow. He was eight foot eleven point one. 
Uh, he's, except when he said I the messed fact, up and I said he 11. said eleven foot eleven, and I knew it was coming, but I didn't know the eleven foot eleven was coming. So then I just started laughing, and I don't know if that like made it worse for everybody, but that was. He's my grandpa's cousin, and it didn't it didn't share with me. It shared with Jacob somehow. <laughs> I'm related to huge farmers from Washington. I got my own genes. <laughs> Literally, me too. He was. I'm pretty. Or my my grandpa lives in Washington. Um, oh, I don't know what to tell you. And then, well, he, Robert was from like Illinois. Um, and then I have a pet, or I had a pet hedgehog. Her name was Stella, Stella Saletto after the shoe. My sister. It was my sister's before <laughs> me, and then it became mine, so that's why. Well, there's no way you would have named it. Yeah, that. no. I mean, maybe Stella. Stella's a cool name, but um, I can oh, like whenever I think of Stella, I think of like Artois. Stella. I. <laughs> that one. Um, what is that from? I. Stella. It's from um. It's from a movie. It's from. It's like a Shakespeare thing, I think. <laughs> there's no. I don't think no, no, it's Stella is it Streetcar of Desire? A streetcar named Desire. One of your listeners is going to be like, what? "Yeah, God. these idiots." <laughs> <laughs> they do that a lot. Um, I'm pretty sure from Streetcar of Desire. Anyway, I'll look it up. Continue. And Stella was awesome. But then she, we had her for like three times longer than you're supposed to have hedgehog, which was really cool. Like we just fed her cat food, man. So apparently, cat food like makes them live forever. Um, Amazing. And then she grew like a tumor, and it's so, like slowly she what started. Yeah, I know. I read the book. Um, wow. So, and then slowly she started, like, decaying in life, and then just one day I found her upside down. That's not funny. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I just, the quote, I found, like, you said it, and then I pictured it, but I pictured it cartoonish, and I couldn't, I'm sorry. The death of my animals is now funny to Jacob It's Palmer. not. I said Write it wasn't. Write your complaints to Jacob Balmer. No one's complaining to me about your deadhead. At name. Jacob Bomber 42 on or at J Bomber yeah, 42 go on ahead. Twitter. Nope, at Jacob Bomber. See if that works. Well, I was really impressed because I, you were the only two or the few people that I got the truths wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought. Yeah, that Simon was on oranges. fire that whole and, night. <laughs> and I get to Jake and Jacob and just completely lose it. Like, I trust Those were the last two you had to do too, because then it was your wife's turn, so you didn't do yeah. that one. And then, so <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the LA Clippers summer league thing got me. I was like, I tr- I trust in Jacob's exponential athletic ability, but I don't know, very, <laughs> very specific, and maybe very... too specific to where it is yeah. true. You know. And then the oranges thing, like, well. Nah, the tall guy, 11 foot 11. <laughs> Complete lie. There's literally nobody yeah. related to anyone that's 11 foot 11. I was slightly wrong on my... I forgot. I was in the moment. I get a little nervous sometimes. It happens. We all do. We're telling lies. Yep. Maybe not yeah. all people, but... Pathological liars are pretty good at that game. It's all in the delivery. You can get away with a lie as long as people believe you. Because you are confident. He, like, told us we were doing that game, like, 30 minutes before we started. So, like, my entire mind was just thinking of, like, how can I lie? Like, <laughs> what what lie? Mm-hmm. So, what were yours? So, mine were, the first one was, uh, I've only been in one film. I've only been in one movie. And that was in The Matrix. And, at you know, the scene at the end of The Matrix where... 
Neo is like in a crowd of people in New York mm -hmm. and uh the the camera pans out and there's people everywhere and before he takes off and flies and the credits uh immediately yeah cut into the the scene I'm one of those people in the crowd that you can specifically point me out probably on the right corner of the screen right before he takes off uh second Second one was prior to me becoming a youth pastor, I was a, a beekeeper. Uh, so I hung out with bees and hives <laughs> and stuff like that. Uh, very more uh, – how do I say it? Uh, it's a lot of work. A lot of work, I'll say that. <laughs> uh, next one, one of my greatest adventures is uh, going dog sledding in Canada. So those are mine. <clears throat> so, so my thought process this whole time is like, initially when you say The Matrix, I was like, okay, people forget that movie came out 21 years ago. So I like, was like, that's like before one, almost two. <laughs> you'd have had to be super young. But then it's like, yeah. well, there's a crowd of people, and I know a lot of people who are just in random stuff when they were kids. Mm -hmm. So like. That could totally be true. You could have totally been an extra that just, like, you could have been in L.A. somewhere and just randomly was in a group and that happened. I was like, okay. The beekeeper one, I was just like, I hope that one's true because that's just awesome. And the dog sledding one. Literally, the only reason I voted for The Matrix was because I wanted the other two to yeah. be true because The Matrix would be like, yeah, that's fine. Uh, that's just super random. But mm -hmm. the other two are like would be really cool stories. Mm -hmm. I think I voted so, for dog sledding. Mm. Because I'm like, that's just so random. There's no way. They were all yeah. random. I didn't think but you I told them, pretty random. You I didn't told think them in ways that. that they were like small stories. I didn't too, think people like dog sled outside of like Alaska. So I was like, oh. Mm -hmm. So. Well, it is possible to dog sled in other places <laughs> other than Alaska because I did it. Yep. <laughs> and I did dabble in some beekeeping. <laughs> so I definitely was not in the Matrix <laughs> at all. <laughs> Yeah, Matrix, what was that, 99? Yeah. Yeah. So it is possible for you know people to be in films like that and just random scenes. Yeah. But that was a joke that we in high school would just like troll people with. It's <laughs> like, yeah, I was in this movie. Go watch The Matrix. Good luck and at proving the very it wrong. end of the movie, you yeah, see 99. Me <laughs> yeah. That's, that's so, a good one, though. Yeah. So, really so on Tuesday at FCA, I... I kind of went off on people, but Good. I was I, the main point I was making was that we have leaders who have a lot of talents, and so like they they I have the ability to have. I mean, because <laughs> I didn't know I didn't have the best way of describing everybody, and not everybody showed up. Mm. So like. That so you kind of threw you me a little bit. Described almost everyone who wasn't there. I mean, by that's the way. true. Well, no, two of the no. You're One right. person was there. Well, okay. So I said, so in pointing out, like I had the leader stand up, and I was like, look around. These are amazing people. I said, some of the people in here are Olympians, some are world champions, and some are professional athletes. And I mean, I meant that to be Traco. And then, and then the world champion obviously is Jake, and the Olympian was Gideon. But Gideon wasn't even there on Tuesday. I was like, dang it. Yeah. Um. So Jake was the only one out of them that was there. But then, so I like mentioned that. But then I also was like, we even have a beekeeper. <laughs> and I was like, 
And I was like, was and if, and, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, and if you think beekeeping isn't a talent, you are dead wrong. <laughs> and then I just moved on. Um, but that was the shout wow, out. Wow, thank you for the shout yeah, out. Yeah, heck yeah. Jake was like, I am so stoked that we did two truths and a lie because <laughs> that really led yeah. to some really good stuff. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I would really enjoy if you would hear beekeeping <laughs> for the audience because yeah. it was fantastic. Yeah. Well, it's funny about FCA on Tuesday. Last night at youth group, I was asking all the students, like, hey, how was Tuesday? And like, oh, it was great. Weren't you there? Like, <laughs> didn't you go? I was like, what do you mean? Like, I, I wasn't there. Like, really? I thought you were. Yeah. You know, kids just have like a you – know, Kids are dumb. Yeah, one-track minds. Like, yeah. you, you just expect people to be in places when they're really not. Yeah. And maybe that's the consistency of us being there. It's like, oh, well, you're always there. So, so there's a good and a bad. <clears throat> yeah. So I was a beekeeper, and I actually didn't know the term for it until you brought it up yeah. that night yeah. of what the profession kind of is. And I still don't remember what it is. Gosh darn it. <laughs> it's like an apiarist or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. actually – I think that's yeah. exactly yeah, what yeah, it is. Yeah, it. So apiaries, like a bee farm or kind of like a bee, bee culture – so, bee condo, yeah, bee, bee condo. It's it actually it it functions. Hives generally today function as if they're like supers, and we call them supers because they're stacks of hives. Where if the hive is growing and we need more honey, then you add another super mm-hmm. on top. So there are multiple levels of honey that you can extract and the bees can form. It, they could they could probably create, you know. Uh, skyscraper of honey if they could. Oh, man. And if we created that type of... Uh, I don't even want to think about how many bees that would be. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm... No. <laughs> I might be allergic to bees. Yeah. So... I think everyone... This is a theory. I think everyone on some level is allergic. Yeah. I mean, it's poison. Yeah. So, so you are... It's just some, how your body reacts to the some poison. Some are just more extreme than others. Yeah. Yeah. In Minecraft... In Minecraft, when you get stung by a bee, it gives you a poison effect. <laughs> Good Minecraft yeah. references. Yeah. So, I I mean, I've been stung in, like, the pinky, and my whole arm just swells. Oh. And so, and it, you get used to it. Your body adapts to it. So, you know. Well, how long, ago, how long ago did you have a reaction like that? that well, was that probably aggressive. my first job, like, my first day on the job. You've never been stung before? No, I don't think I have. You became a beekeeper not knowing whether a bee sting would kill you. I probably – I've definitely been stung as a baby or as a kid, so like that didn't produce a reaction. (laughs) That's a real risky – but most for most people that go into the field, they need to get stung before – so like your boss will ask you – are you highly allergic? Because obviously this isn't going to work for you. Yeah. yeah why would you, you die? <laughs> and so, so they they'll grab like a bee or two in a cup and they'll like trap. Yeah. You know, to get that you stung and make sure that. That would be a weird experience. <laughs> Look at that. To just watch. They're messing up their crop to make sure they can hire you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's only two. Yeah. yeah so two is pretty. <laughs> it's pretty monumental. I mean, how many times small. have you been stung? None. None? I don't go Let's outside. No, you're right. I forgot. <laughs> Man. It's hard to get stung by a bee when you're playing Wii Tennis inside. Yeah. I, actually, I go outside a lot now. You got stung on Minecraft. Yeah. Extended. Yeah. So, I mean, I pretty much felt it. <laughs> uh, my my grandma was, like, deathly allergic, and my mom 
is like slightly allergic. So like I was kind of like I'm like I don't want to be something about bees. Like I could die. Yeah. So could skip generation. So when you were telling the one story, I I thought of the weirdest way I've ever been stung, and I was like, dang, I should use that as a teach you something. I we were camping once, and I don't generally do that. And I was yeah, drinking that's, a coke. That's rare. <laughs> I was drinking a coke. And then I took a drink of Coke, and I felt something <laughs> mm. solid in my mouth. I was like, what the frick? And then in that moment, piercing pain on the roof of my mouth. <laughs> so Ooh. I spit out, and a bee appears on the ground. I step on it, and the stinger is still in the roof of my mouth. So I had to reach in and pull the stinger out, and I was displeased. But, like, it didn't swell. It didn't react huh. or anything, so I thought that was really weird. But, like, your mouth has a lot going on. It heals itself really quick. So I don't know if that had something to do with yeah, it. Yeah, definitely but. definitely a lot of areas that you do not want to be stung. So, like, and interesting, I've never been stung inside the mouth before. Yeah, I don't know anyone else. But the, <laughs> a, the absolute worst place, in my opinion, is the nose. Oh, huh. yeah, your nose is Our so sensitive. Our nose is so sensitive. There were a few spots I thought before that one. <laughs> there was one day where I'm I'm working, and I have a mask, but the mask is, like, we're uh, we're putting um, a feeder into hives so that you know bees can uh, not just gain pollen from the crops but have uh, was it fructose syrup to to help uh, create more honey. Mm-hmm. So we're putting that in hives, and I'm like taking off lids and I'm making sure that it's getting full from the tank on the truck, and the mask is like to my nose and a bee comes and stings me on my nose and i thought oh my gosh this is the most excruciating pain i've ever (laughs) experienced and i'm crying i'm literally crying and tears are falling from my face and my mask and i'm like still working (laughs) how does this happen how how is this so painful oh no yeah i i have a question where were your hives like were they in your backyard or like no you were out in yeah so initially i started out in nebraska oh so i got shipped out there uh, not by my dad. My dad wasn't like, Simon, you're a terrible kid. And I'm going to send you out to Nebraska Bye. to do the worst job on the planet. So my dad actually really wanted to get into that business. So my older brother had some experience in it just off of like, you know, it's a job that he had and he loved Where? it. And How? How does this? So I grew up um, in the Central Valley, okay. Ag Town. So Ag Town. Ag- so Bakersfield area. <laughs> okay. Uh, specifically in Shafter. So Shafter is an ag town where orchards everywhere. You're either a farmer or you're working in some some sort of business. Got it. Uh, accommodating to uh, agriculture. Got it. And my dad was also in that field uh, as a tree salesman, a fruit tree salesman for a nursery. But heard about the the product of um, apiary or the business of of the bees, apiaries, so he got really interested in it, and was like, I think we should do this as a family business. It was a great idea. It was a great idea, and so my brother, <laughs> my little brother and I, we go to Nebraska because there's this guy that we had connections with through this other guy who had his own bee business in our area. It's like, you, you should go out to this guy so that you can learn the trade. So as opposed to learning about the business locally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. We go out to Nebraska. Sick. So we go out to Nebraska for a whole summer, and yeah, we lived in a house with a couple people, and got up every day at six a.m., worked till six p.m., six days a week. There's that say, much to do. There 
so this guy is basically a multimillionaire uh, beekeeper where he has multiple – to answer your question, where are these hives located? Around the whole – basically bottom uh, – the uh, bottom state or bottom place of Nebraska, so kind of like the – the bottom edge of Nebraska where yeah. we're traveling. Some days we're traveling three hours, three hours to a location where he has hives on a piece of oh, land. Oh, so he just owns property yeah. all over the well, place. Well, he doesn't own property. He makes deals with other people who have the property to say, hey, I can put bees on your land so it helps you and it helps me type yeah. of thing. So, yeah, we're traveling to different areas. We I we legit went to a different place every day that summer. Wow. Yeah. Holy and some smoke. days – not every day, but there was there was not a week did not go by where we were in a new place, and sometimes we would return to other places to make sure that the hives were doing okay, producing honey. You know, we would search for queens on some uh, some locations. So lo- some locations required uh, uh, different uh, necessities. So either we were extracting from this place. Yeah. Taking honey home, or we were putting hives, we were moving hives to a different place, or we were feeding these hives, we were planting new queens and these other hives. So this is, it's a lot. It's it's a lot of work, and it's a lot of manual labor. Yeah. It's a lot more manual labor than I ever thought. I'm picking. I would pick up boxes that were easily 80 pounds, and like I'm. You know, I'm a buck 40, 50 at the time. <laughs> and picking up a box that's half my weight is not something that, like, I'm generally willing to do every day <laughs> type of thing. And so, yeah, a lot of manual labor, and you're getting stung quite a bit. And so, yeah. <laughs> I just... Makes you some sort of man. Or... <laughs> and what <laughs> what age in life were you at this time? I was 20. Okay. I was 20 years old. 19, 20. So what what were you doing before that, and then what did you do? Like, what does the transition look like into beekeeping and mm-hmm. out of beekeeping? Yeah, Bees. <laughs> yeah, so I was actually attending a Bible college in Canada my first year out of high school. So What? <laughs> hence the dog sledding in Canada. Uh, These true. are so many cool stories yeah. instantly. <laughs> yeah. So was going to a Bible school in Alberta, Canada, and in the middle of nowhere, probably an hour and a half uh, outside of the city, Calgary. And uh, that's actually where I uh, I received um, affirmation and exhortation on the calling of my life and what I really wanted to do, and mm-hmm. I wanted to do youth ministry. So... That was the plan, and I was going to school for that, and I, uh, that was my, that was my goal. So the summer after my first year of college was when like my dad was like, "Hey, we should do this." Like, all right, summer. I'm not doing anything, so I'll just go to Nebraska for a summer. Uh, so did that, and then when my, me and my brother came back, I went back to Canada for a year. Uh, with my brother, actually, so we were, like, hopping around together. He, like, he's just a year younger than you, then? Yeah, okay. mm-hmm. a year younger than me. And so after that summer of beekeeping, go back to college, and I knew that beekeeping wasn't something I wanted to do, but I could do on the side, like, 
with my dad. My little brother was actually incredible at it. He mm-hmm. was really good at, um, at the craft. He knew a lot more than I did and still knows a lot more than I do about it. So he and my dad kind of worked together to, to uh, actually put hives in Temecula and Palm Desert. Huh. And wow. so we only had two locations. We had like maybe – we had less than 100 hives. Yeah. But we would make maybe weekend trips to you know see how they're doing for the goal of it to grow yeah. eventually. So right right now, we're not doing any of that. It kind of no, like just, fell flat on its face. It. Not that it failed, but it was just other things came up in my family. They're like, okay, that's going to be – a back burner thing yeah. and it you may have come to be up like the, all in and yeah passionate and, exactly so yeah. that may come up back up in the future yeah but yeah so and i go to canada for a second year of school and then after that actually transferred to biola um i felt like i wanted to do youth ministry in southern california okay. and why not get an education at, at biola so <laughs> went there finished my degree 2015 and got plugged in at Cornerstone. Yeah, now I'm here. What I've I've only been to Canada once, mm-hmm. and it was just downtown Vancouver, and it just felt like any other downtown. So I didn't actually feel like I had a Canadian experience. Yeah. <laughs> what are like one or two things? I mean, whether there are like stereotypes that you can be like, yes, this is for sure a thing, or like what are just a couple interactions or experiences you had that are like this. This was Canadian, and this will live on forever. Yeah. There there are a couple things. There are a couple small things, maybe, but uh, uh, French fries and gravy are, are a thing. <laughs> oh, dude. Poutine. Yeah, poutine. Oh, and it's cheese so curds. Yeah, dude. Yeah. That, is a, that is double the heart attack for anybody. <laughs> it's so good, though. And uh, and when I got there, I was like, okay, that's that's honestly genius. I eat mashed potatoes with gravy. Why not, like, fries? Like, who... Yeah. Why hasn't anyone <laughs> ever thought of that? Like Canadians are are pretty smart. <laughs> Good job, well, Canada. Yeah, and uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, when I when I went there, it wasn't too much. I didn't feel like there was so much of a difference um, culture wise. There were certain things um, that just like being in a different climate. Like yeah. there are going to be some. Uh, different culture cultural values than being in you know california yeah. and warm weather all the time so one thing that was really weird to me which is a stereotype of canadians are nice because yeah. they're pretty respectful but not not but, no, no but. but <laughs> when you go let's say you go to the grocery store and you're going to be in there for 15 to 20 minutes getting your groceries for the week or something and it's in the middle of winter People just leave their vehicles on outside so they don't have to turn it off and, like, have it warm up again. So you can see, like, rows of cars that are just on (laughs) for anyone to just go and take, which, like, it it does happen. But in a small town setting, people, like, generally understand, okay, it's it's respectful to, you know, have everyone – just leave their cars on for the for the sake of uh, being nice to everyone and uh, understanding that like this person is just trying to get through life in the harshest winter of the year and 
you know, no one's going to take anyone's vehicles because we're all trying to survive in yeah. this godforsaken place. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, that was really weird to that me that, be. you know, I would never do that in, you know, the suburbs, not suburbs, but like the, the pit of Southern California. Yeah. You know, people just don't do that. That's but that's crazy. But that value is like your vehicle stays warm. You know why? Why take that away from somebody? Yeah. In their mind. Yeah. Very that's, other very interesting things. They spell things weird because they have a French descent. Oh yeah, so a lot of OUs like, instead of just like that's so dumb. And maybe that's my American understanding. <laughs> oh, 100%. percent. Yeah, one hundred. Why would you spell it that way? That's <laughs> stupid. Yeah. Center is not spelled C E N T R E. Uh, that's dumb. Yeah. Yeah. How do they spell it? Well, no, that's what oh, yeah, that's how they spell it. Mm-hmm. Things that we would end e r, they end r e, and things that are like o r, they have o u r. That's terrible. Because it's yeah. French. And the the uh, other the other. Wee oui, wee, oui, I don't care. Okay. So so a lot of uh, <laughs> send your angry French letters to. And gener- generational language, uh, they would f- refer to youth today as Gen Z. So Z yeah. is their form of saying Z. Got like it. like the English. Mm. Because they do, like, zebra. Yeah. So why is Canada trying to, like, pull things from, you know, French and then the English? Like, well, I mean, how many – did you encounter anybody that was, like, fluent in French? Because I feel like there's a lot of people that speak I think French. It there there may be are. some people yeah. that do speak French. I think French, it's more the eastern it's side. It's definitely more the east coast. So if you go to Quebec, that's where you're going to get yeah. all French. You don't – you won't find that a whole lot in the rest of the Got it. provinces. You're going to find people that speak English all the time. There are accents and different things, but it's like, um, yeah. So even going to Vancouver. Jake just hurt himself. I have a foot cramp. (laughs) How? It just happens. I'm not hydrated. Remember when I wanted water? Okay. Well, I told you to get some. Your thirst has traveled down to any cramp in your foot. Sorry to interrupt. Go on. (laughs) Yeah. My, My wife and I actually took our honeymoon uh, in Vancouver and I like Vancouver it's oh, a great, beautiful. great city Be- very beautiful yeah. and one of the things that it's interesting when you go to a different country a different place where you're easily noticed before you even like talk or say <laughs> you anything. don't belong here yeah you don't belong here so I actually go into do a uh, some retail store and the guy working there immediately comes up to me and says, you're from America, huh? It's like, how the heck did you know that? <laughs> and he's like, well, you're wearing Nike. Oh. Mm. Like you're wearing Nike shoes. And I, I was probably wearing a Nike hat. It's like, yeah. no one here wears Nike. And because it's, it's an American-made product, right? Yeah. So, yeah, you're wearing Nike. You're obviously from the United States. And this guy's wearing Adidas. And, and I'm like, dude. What else do you want Are you me to from do? Germany? Like, yeah, exactly. I was like, <laughs> like, you're in the heart of Vancouver wearing Adidas and like those are German things because Canadians don't have things that like attire that made for themselves type of thing. Yeah. So they got to do some other things, other places. That's funny though. Yeah, it is. Even just – I've been and I've actually been to Germany and I've been to Germany where people will say – will ask the same questions like you're from America, huh? Like – how the heck do you know that? Because like, you, the way that you walk. Like, how do I walk? You walk with pride. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Like, I mean, I walk pretty slunched over. Like, my shoulders aren't like, like yeah. square to my back type of thing, and I'm walking with my chest out type of thing, where I describe as a prideful walk. Like, how did 
What makes you think that? <laughs> oh, man. It would be, I don't travel, so that, <laughs> no. I'm never going to find any of that out. But mm-hmm. that would be an interesting experience. Yeah. <laughs> man. The world has a lot to say about everything. Oh, the world has I, a lot to say about the United States. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it, go. if I could say another thing, yeah, things are just rolling yep, through go for my it. experiences. <laughs> this is great. In Canada, it was interesting talking about politics because, I mean, I don't generally know anything about politics. Mm-hmm. But being from California, being a blue state, Canadians know more about that than the Canadians that I met. They knew more about our American politics than I did. <laughs> so when they would ask – it was during the time when Obama – you know, was in probably a second term, and they're asking questions about it. Yeah. And so, like, what do you think about this? So I was just, like, I didn't even know that. Like, I didn't, <laughs> you probably, they probably look at me like, you're a dumb American, <laughs> like everyone else in the world. Yep. And, and even European countries, uh, they'll say the same things. Like, we know a lot about American politics. I'm like, why? Because <laughs> you're, it's just super interesting. And they laugh. They laugh a lot at. American politics, and so it's just it's reality TV to them. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> it is us now. too. <laughs> that is really, I mean, but it also it's interesting, but it's also like wow, we are feeding into that so much. Like we joke about how important yeah. we are, mm-hmm. but like literally, the rest of the world is watching us and paying attention. Oh, we're yeah. we're a joke. <laughs> we are a joke. But we're also pretty important to, like, foreign affairs, too, though. So, like, I kind of understand that part of it, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Where they're like, you know, let's see how they're handling this situation because it also affects us. See, admit, that's what's funny is because, like, we still – we're young. Mm-hmm. We're less than 300 years old. Yeah. And so, like, we are still that, like, immature, little brother, know-it-all, like, like, oh, we are so good. We got everything under control. We know exactly what we're doing. We don't need to hear about it from the rest of you. Yeah. Imagine us when we mature. And everyone else is the older brother or yeah. parent that's like, okay, you're going to get there eventually. We're the that's little, so weird. The little <laughs> prodigy that, like, yeah. needs to be humbled at times. Yeah. Just wait wait till you've been around a few hundred years. <laughs> then you, then that's so weird out. to think that we're so young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never thought of it that way. We are extremely young. Wait, so if I'm 22, I've been alive for an eighth of the an eighth of the creation you math, of the United you States. You math that pretty pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> One eighth of the United States. Eight times 22 is 176. Okay, so I'm part of a sixteenth of the United States. <laughs> Roughly. Oh crap! That's cool. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Fun fact: in the United 1776. Look at me! Look at us! Who would have thought? <laughs> Paul Rudd is a very large um, Chiefs fan, by the way. <laughs> Paul Rudd did not just walk into this room. Dude, imagine how cool that would be. There was not a Ant-Man, Chiefs thing that happened that Ant-Man just came straight out of nowhere. I just did a the quote I just did was Paul Rudd. Which one? Look at me. Look at you. Who would have guessed? That's literally Uh-oh. Paul Rudd. <laughs> All right. That's <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's fair. Okay. Paul Rudd's also my favorite Avenger. So not Ant Man. Paul, Paul Rudd. <laughs> okay, that's who he is. He's Avenger. Ant Man, right? Yes. I don't know anything about Marvel. Oh. I stopped watching it like Iron Man three. Look what you did. You <laughs> 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 that. that. A lot of people aren't a fan of. Well, actually, it was two that everyone didn't like. Uh, two, 
trash. Three is also not great. Okay. Um, so why we're going to get mildly serious again? I don't know. Why the early interest in youth ministry? Because that was your goal as you started college mm-hmm. and then reinforced going to Biola, yeah. transferring to Biola. Yeah, it's a great question, and I still wonder about it today. Like, how did I get <laughs> Oh, if you're a youth <laughs> pastor and you're not wondering why you chose this for your life, then you're doing something wrong. Yeah, I – well, it's interesting today talking with um, high school students, even junior high, that they're they're ready for their career now. Like they, they already know what they want to do, and – uh, they're, like? they're the rest the rest of their junior high. Can you have high, more conversations with Jake? <laughs> in most students, like the rest of their yeah. junior high and high school career, they're preparing for that college experience where they're yeah. gonna they know what major and career they're going into, and a lot of a lot of that changes, and they find that out later on. But when I was in high school, I had no clue, no <laughs> clue what I was gonna do, let alone what college I was going to. Yeah. Uh, so my dad had gone to this Bible school um, for one year, and it was the, he did like a Bible one-year Bible certificate program. Okay. He said that set me up for I think the rest of my life because he went into oh, wow. uh, he went into um, science as a degree. He went to UC Davis um, after that and became an agronomist. So he's a soil specialist in okay. how things grow but it, it encouraged me to say like or to think about okay what are the things that i would want to be valuable in my life i want to mm. value scripture i want to value the bible so maybe that's something i can do and just go to canada for a year or two get that experience mm. learn about the word and then eventually i'll figure it out well i got i got to the school and i started making some friends and a lot of my the friends that I had made, they wanted to do youth ministry, hmm. and and I and maybe part of it is that I was just surrounded by that culture, yeah. That I just got brought into it, and but through that and their passion to reach a young generation uh, biblically and for the young world to know scripture, I I. I I not only saw that, saw that as attractive, but I look back at my high school career and thought, man, I had a – generally, I had a fun time mm-hmm. in high school. I had a great experience. You know, I wasn't necessarily a, a typical uh, kid who just, like, you know, went to a party every once in a while, kind of did the high school experience. But I had great friends. I was involved in youth ministry, going to youth group every Sunday. Some may say that it's just – I was going through the motions, but I think mm-hmm. God kept me, uh, kept me for that purpose of leading me to. Some people don't have that. Yeah, I have a I have a great uh, family who has had its struggles, but my parents were believers and they raised me to uh, be a solid believer, and that is by God's grace too. Yeah. But a lot of kids don't have those parents. A lot of kids don't have that type of household, yeah. and so I think God was forming. Uh, in me through spirit to uh, to lead me down a path of like, you know, not everyone in the world has that and what great opportunities and what great things could I do through you as a vessel to be a youth minister, to be an advocate for youth high school students who that's one of the uh, 
where kids probably struggle the most in identity issues, what truth is, all these things. Um, and so, yeah. And so, yeah, I felt that call. I was like, man, I'm excited about that. You know, I may not have had too many experiences that mm-hmm. relate to um, a lot of the things that students go through now with divorce and, uh, you know, identity crisis, yeah. uh, things like that. But can I be a solid ground for people? Can I be a solid ground for people and to administer the love of Christ to kids and that they're not identified by their shortcomings or nor their uh, their future comings that's, uh, in some sense? Yeah. But that, uh, but yeah, I could provide the I could provide help provide the the value of the church family mm. and that that the fullness of Christ as Ephesians uh, 3 tells us uh, that in the church, the fullness of Christ is administered and that is where true joy and peace and health is found. So, yeah. What were, what were a couple, like, was there something about your youth ministry experience that stood out that like you can look back on this day and be like, this was something that when I was in high school or middle school was really important for me to hear, for me to know, Mm-hmm. and that you want to pass on or like was there were there any specific experiences that for you really stood out being in youth ministry yourself yeah i think uh consistency was a big part youth ministry for me and mm-hmm. uh i mean i would go every sunday night to youth group and um and wednesdays uh, doing all all those things, but seeing the same people every time and being in a small group with my friends and being led by our youth pastor um, and seeing the finer things in life uh, being experienced through a community of believers and inviting friends to that did not know the Lord, yeah. um, but also seeing things of where like I kind of fell short in an area where like I invited my friends to church, but I was not uh, necessarily giving them the gospel where I expected my youth pastor and my leaders to do that for me. I was like, I'm just mm-hmm. going to bring them to church and hoping that they, they hear some sort of message. Or even did I even really think about that stuff? It's like yeah. youth group's fun. Just come and hang <laughs> out, dude. We could play dodgeball and yeah. uh, get some sort of message. Um, and whether or not those seed God is going to grow those seeds or not. Um, that's up to him. But anyways, yeah, I think looking back, I just found a safe place at youth group, mm-hmm. a safe place where I, I felt like myself. I felt like I could be myself. I could be challenged, um, but also administer my gifts. I, I mean, this isn't a gift, but like I tried different things in youth group. I led worship. I played guitar. I sang. I wasn't good at it, but like they allowed <laughs> me to do it. Yeah. They allowed me to fail. They allowed me to succeed. So to provide me those spaces kind of helped form who I was viewing myself as in light of Christ. So that really helped uh, helped give, give the space or experience in a space where mm. – I can know my gifts. I can know what God has called me to. And so that definitely helped uh, going to Canada. I feel like, okay, youth ministry may be something I'm, I'm into because, you know, then I can hopefully create some sort of space where that can happen for kids. So how how did you get connected to Cornerstone specifically once you were at Biola? Yeah, uh, 
there was one class uh, that I was in. It was actually uh, an adolescent class where uh, we were learning cultures of youth and kind of the ontological ontological experiences of being a high school student or a teenager. So uh, college words. Yeah, I did not know what that word was. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the um, my professor he asked a couple pastors to come and just share about their ministry and so cornerstone he asked the high school pastor at the time and the college pastor to come just share about their ministries and uh, the high school pastor shared and and i thought okay i need to get involved in a church i need to be in youth ministry one i i just want to be a part of a church because i found that lacking in my past couple years i was going to school learning about all this stuff but i wasn't going to church yeah you know, it's the, you know, the divide between like going to a Christian school and, you know, well, I basically go to church every day, yeah. you know, uh, but I felt that conviction. So I heard the things he was saying. He's like, yeah, if you're interested, just like email me. We can get coffee. And I was the only person in that class that emailed him and said like, hey, I'm interested. Like, yeah. can we meet up? So we met, built a relationship, found myself that next week uh a wednesday night and then i was volunteering ever since and wow. so then throughout that time as i finished school and still volunteering i became an intern and got another role and god kind of moved me up to where now i'm now i'm on full-time staff as yeah. a pastor and yeah so the one one church i Decided like okay, I'm gonna try it out, and again, God kept me there. Wow! So, all God's work, man, is <laughs> is wild, wild experience, and to to be committed to something like that, and I found myself, yeah, I want to be here and just commit to it, commit to students, small group ministry, discipleship. How? Sorry. No, you. I was just going to make a side note that your church is probably the other church, that, other than this one, that I've been closest to because I my best friends live on the same street as your church. Oh, awesome. <laughs> and so like, I go by it literally every every week. Yeah, I go by <laughs> the building. Yeah, that building's gone through. I, I look over, I'm like, hey, that's where Simon is. <laughs> <laughs> Big cornerstone sign on the front. Yeah. I, I've put many Pokemon in that gym that you guys have there. Oh, dude, that gym like attracted a lot of people at one time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like, go there all the time. A, a bigger youth ministry. I put, <laughs> I put Pokemon in that one all the time. <laughs> You're welcome. Good space. Oh man. Um, so how long have you been the full time? I've been on full time staff for three years now. Yeah. Like this is the end three of year years. three. Did yes. it start like like did you come in in between school years? I don't remember. Well, so yeah, my position started in between school years. So okay. I think I was hired December of 2016. 2016, is that right? Yeah, I think okay. that was. Uh, and the church was going through a pretty big transition because our high school pastor had left. Um, so now it was like okay, we. Uh, just try to figure out what are we going to do with youth ministry. Yeah. And, uh, so then the Lord kind of led our staff to say, you know, we need a team of ministers. We need a youth ministry team. So mm-hmm. 
we actually have a youth pastor that is my boss, and he oversees all of high school and junior yeah. high. And then we have a junior high guy, and I'm yeah. the high school guy, and we have a female director that attends to both junior high and high school, and then we have a worship, a couple worship uh, leaders on staff that build up our high school worship team and junior high worship team too. So the team dynamic is is uh, stem from our philosophy of team-based ministry in mm-hmm. the church. So, yeah, that's a whole nother conversation, but it's, yeah, that's what, that's what I'm involved in and what my, uh, ministry looks like and where I fit into the staff. I was going to go other ways <laughs> and then went this way. Um, what, in your experience, what have been some of the most, Another question about this. Because uh, we've had a focus, our church, kind of, the church leadership has been talking about a focus on, like, discipleship. Mm, yeah. Um, and, like, what that looks like. What does it even mean to be a disciple? How do you create disciples? You know, that mm. process. So that's been kind of a focus for the last couple of years, or at least, like, a, a thing on the back of our mind. Like, as we are planning events, as we are doing things, are we thinking about that in the back of our minds? How are we, how are we accomplishing that? Mm-hmm. Do you, does the church on the whole, does the youth ministry on the whole, like, do you have a focus that you're reaching for? Is it mm-hmm. discipleship? Is it serving? Is it biblical knowledge? Like, what, what is your guys' focus? How do you execute that? Yeah. How do you think you're doing at that? Like, what, what are some successes or some failures in pursuing that? Yeah, it's a great question. And we're kind of in the same place as a whole church and trying to figure out, what discipleship looks like in with where our church is at because yeah. we have um we have 1300 members 2000 coming every weekend and at that point it's like what does discipleship look like now because it's going to look very different based on the numbers of your church and what and how you administer programs is programs all about discipleship yeah. or vice versa type of thing and where uh, where does the organic part of it come through? And so in youth ministry, we're trying to incorporate a, a corporate view of discipleship that embodies what the church is about. And we want to be about discipleship. We've been about relationships. We want to keep the relationality between students and leaders and pastors and build that up through the means of discipleship. Yeah. That's very difficult thing to do even in the american church because discipleship is in a a big crisis in the united states because everyone's busy everyone has is falling short uh not just falling short but there are big misconceptions and misunderstandings of what discipleship is and when you read scripture you read about 12 guys with jesus and you know they they changed the world you know yeah uh and and now it's it's become a consumeristic uh, ideology for Christians to come on a Sunday and feel like they're getting discipled by hearing their pastor give a message yeah. uh, about the gospel. And it's not discipleship. Yeah. And so th- those are big, big conversations mm-hmm. uh, to be had by everyone. Yeah. And for us specifically in youth, we're small groups is a big uh, push for discipleship. That is one of the biggest means 
by which we want to accomplish discipleship mm-hmm. by building relationships and that that would foster, you know, one-on-ones with students from leaders and, um, and for peers to, uh, for peers to be encouraged by one another, but also to have the mindset of, okay, I'm being discipled, but I am a disciple hmm. uh, too, and I I need to have the goal of discipling others by hmm. through evangelism or through uh, other means in the church. Uh, one of the things we started doing in expanding our uh, expanding the ways that we do disciple is, yeah, discipleship comes from one-on-one stuff, but, you know, when you do hear a message from the church, when you're hearing the gospel, it is, you know, part of discipleship, you know, when you receive teaching. But it's not just receiving teaching. Uh, it's are you receiving it, are you learning it yourself, and are you teaching it yourself, are you yeah. giving it yourself? So a lot involved with that. So one of the ways we're doing that and what we started doing is trying to create a bigger social media presence. For our ministry, we've been lacking that for the past two or three years, which our social media presence has been. We'll post events like, "Hey, yeah. come to this event." Uh, these are our service times, and so it's very informational about mm-hmm. uh, programs. Now, what we did is we gave one of our staff an extra hour pay to devote themselves to social media as a form of discipleship, where. Huh. You, we're not we're not going to avoid or we can't stop kids from using their phones type of thing. There's only so much we can do with yeah. that. We can give a philosophy of our relationships happen in person, but we also want to value social media as another yeah. avenue by which we can continue this relationship of discipleship. So one of the things that we're doing is doing Sunday recaps where we're giving uh, – we're giving challenging messages uh, from things that we talked about on Sunday morning and uh, trying to do that on a daily basis for our students to to read and uh, utilize stories on Instagram, utilize uh, some of those creative elements to, uh, you know, those polls that you ask, like, do you like blue or do yeah. you like red, 90% and yeah. stuff like that. We're trying to figure out, okay, how do we promote the gospel in this way or, like, uh, and communicate to our students, like, what topics do you want to learn next? So, like, giving, like, those lists and, like, students respond. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So that's one of the things we've been talking about and uh, trying to figure out uh, how to be a a light presence in a pretty dark place. Social media is yep. going to continue to be a, a, a dark uh, – a dark environment where kids are going to get fed a lot of information. Mm-hmm. Are we doing our part by being a light in a dark place? Yeah. So that's one of the things that we're trying to do specifically in youth ministry to uh, foster discipleship and those relationships. I think that's such a huge, the idea of social media is such a huge topic because it's really easy for parents to just be like, this is evil. You shouldn't be on it. Like, mm-hmm. like trying to push it away Yeah. when it's like, there are actual, like, a lot of people I talk to are just like, I don't do Twitter. They're like, Twitter's crazy. I go, mm-hmm. Twitter is awesome if you do it correctly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it is a great 
source for news. It is a great source for entertainment. It is a great source for wisdom and conversation. Yeah. If you're doing it correctly. I find a lot of good things. Yeah. A lot of great, amazing things. And so, like, Instagram is no different. Like, mm-hmm. if you're doing it correctly, if you're following the right accounts, if you're interacting with the right people, if you are are putting the correct type of mm-hmm. effort in, then it can be an amazing thing. Yeah. So as opposed to just, like, get off your phone, get off social media, it's useless. Yeah. Like, no, let's enter into this together. Mm-hmm. And how can we Make build each other up? How can we positively influence positively influence the world around us mm-hmm. by doing something that in reality we can't take away from them. Yeah. Social media fits certain personalities and feeds strengths and weaknesses mm-hmm. for different people. So yeah. currently right now I have no social media. I don't have Instagram. I don't have Facebook. I don't have Twitter. I only use ESPN. Like that's <laughs> the main form of social media that I have yeah. because as, as just a personal conviction, social media has only – promoted weaknesses in my life because mm-hmm. I have not handled it correctly in my own life. And I Makes may sense. grow uh, to a place where I can use it correctly, yeah. but I'm not going to, you know, condemn people. It's like, you have to be like me yeah. because I know how social, how evil social media yeah. is. There are people who do it the right way. And that's, and I want to provide uh, spaces where people are doing that correctly. So yeah. we have amazing people on our staff who have a great, uh, philosophy and use social media in such a God honoring way that I want them to do that for our ministry because I'm not the person to do that at this point. Yeah. So providing that for our students and encouraging other leaders, staff in their gifts to do that, I mm. think is beneficial. So knowing yourself and then knowing your team, knowing uh, gifts of the church and things that you see in people is important. It's a blessing and a curse because you do get your message out, but there's also so much of the negative message that's easily accessible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your your message, even in regards to the gospel, is going to be one-tenth, like a one-tenth of the messages that you're getting fed. Yeah. You're a minority message yeah. that is going to be hated and ridiculed. But even stepping out into the world where you don't have social media, but social media informs 90% of your knowledge of everything. Mm. So my wife, she's a high school counselor uh, in uh, Temple City, Pasadena area uh, at a school. And her staff of counselors, she, she's she been talking – politics has been a huge uh, mm-hmm. topic of conversation, and they share their – views on certain things like abortion and uh immigration and um and then they make the comments about christianity to my wife because they know my wife's a a believer like well yeah so god hates gays right and and all these things and and a lot of it stems from their sources of social media how they're informed about their politics what they say about religion things like that so my wife's like man i have a really hard time being the minority view where, you know, 99% of the staff I'm on is just like, they're flooding other information at me and I give my voice and it's those experiences of being a light in the dark, a heavily dark place. And that, and that's like a really good lesson to teach kids. Like people, they hate us. Because they don't understand us. Mm-hmm. They hate us because they, they hate this, us. 
And and that's a really hard thing to get a lot of kids to like be on board with. Like mm-hmm. you don't understand how much the world like people know things. Mm-hmm. Like they, they just the things they believe they know it. They know Christians are this, this, and this. And mm-hmm. they know that Jesus said this, this, and this. They know, they know that the Bible says this, this, and this. Yeah. But just because they know it doesn't mean they understand it. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it has to be our job. Like, you have to be strong enough to know what you believe and understand what you believe and be able to enter into conversation mm-hmm. where... You aren't trying to convince them. You aren't trying to change them necessarily. Like that can't be your goal. But the goal hopefully is to listen to them mm-hmm. and hear them enough that they might also be willing to listen to you and hear mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Um, and I think kids really like our world is so defensive. Mm-hmm. Every and single topic, every single yeah, time something comes up. I, yeah, but – and like, but you know, I think this. And yeah, and as you get older, it gets worse. Yeah, yeah. you're, you're gonna find yourself in the real, in not just the real world. You are in the real world, but when you get out of high school, whether you go to college or you get a job, it it, it gets a lot worse. Yeah. And the the critical thinking aspect of it uh, not only helps, but also understanding biblically, like the spirit of God, not only is powerful in rhetoric of convincing people that the gospel is true. And Jesus Christ is this guy, real guy who died, resurrected, ascended into heaven. We await his second coming, but it is the spirit of God that does something more than just use words, but opens up hearts. Mm -hmm. And that is up to the Lord to decide when and where that happens. And are we put putting pebbles in people's shoes to think about hmm. and a lot of time christians receive multiple pebbles in their shoes to think about from the world and that overwhelms them it's like okay well christianity is just this you know bigotry religion that yeah. hates everyone type of thing because you know the rest of the world says that mm-hmm. when really we just want to love everyone mm-hmm. uh in a world of we're supposed to not all of us are good at it well yeah Definitely not. In a a world of where social acceptance is so big on a younger generation, it is hard for them to go out and do something that is so frowned – not frowned upon on social media, but, like, so disliked on social media. So, like, I've always wondered if it's – if that is why, like, a lot of people in, like, early 20s to late teens kind of, like, they drop out of church and they they drop their religion Mm -hmm. kind of thing. It's because they – see that this is an, in a way to them they're thinking this is a negative because it's not getting the likes it's not getting the heart emojis like mm-hmm. it's not getting what they think is social acceptance and what they should be striving for mm-hmm. yeah boldness takes a different lens uh, for people with a world view that the for the world uh, being bold is to get those heart emojis mm-hmm. and to get those hundred comments saying way to go. Like your, your views are, are strong. Like mm-hmm. keep going where boldness actually receives a lot of ridicule, no matter how drastic the conse- the earthly consequences are mm-hmm. for your actions or your words and proclaiming truth. You know, so it's difficult, really difficult. And I, 
I know that personally as a pastor where I'm, I'm surrounded by believers uh, and trying to think about the non-believers that I have in my life that mm-hmm. are friends um, and taking for granted uh, how invested I need to be uh, in the world to proclaim the message of Jesus in my actions and words to my neighbors, mm-hmm. the people that I don't talk to on a daily basis are people aware that something is different about my life, the way I talk and the way I present myself, because that is the power of God in my life by his grace and his mercy to, uh, to reveal himself people. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of things, man, that again, could talk for days about Uh, these things. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was a challenge. And, so, full disclosure, when I speak for middle school lately, I haven't had, like, a plan. I haven't had, like, a, mm-hmm. we're going through this series, and this is, I've, it's literally been like, all right, what's a verse that's just going to pop up in the next <laughs> yeah. couple of days that is going to, The like, Spirit I'll go of back, God, I'll go back let's through go. the verse of the day and be like, that one sounds good, let's go with yeah. that. Um, and so that happened on Tuesday, and it was the the shrewd manager Mm -hmm. that Jesus talks about in Luke. And I'd honestly never studied that parable before. Mm -hmm. And even in like, so I, so it only, you know, gave one verse. I don't remember exactly what verse it focused on, but in going and reading through the story, I was like, yeah, I can talk about this. Like this will make sense. And then as I was reading it and about to like have the discussion and teach it, I was like, what is going on? Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't get this. <laughs> like, what? And she says, oh my goodness. Because at one point, Jesus, Jesus says, I mean, you have to, the, basically, there's this, a boss and an employee, that slash manager. Mm-hmm. And the manager is not doing things well, so the boss is going to fire him. And so, the manager is like, well, I'm getting fired, so I need to figure life out. So I'm going to bring in a couple of these people, and I'm going to cut their what they owe so that they'll like me and take mm-hmm. me in if I'm desperate. Yeah. And so he does that. He brings in two people, says, your bill is less, go. And the boss sees that, and is he says that he is impressed by how the manager acts shrewdly. He's mm-hmm. impressed that the manager like did something underhanded mm-hmm. Because it was smart and to take care of himself. And you're just like, what? Yeah. Like, wait, so Jesus, I'm supposed to be underhanded? But then <laughs> he goes on he goes on, and he talks about, um, he says, spend your worldly wealth to earn friends, essentially. Again, paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. Spend your worldly wealth to earn friends. And that's like one phrase. And, and again, like, what? Mm-hmm. So I just, I'm supposed to use my money and buy relationships i'm supposed to buy my friendships <laughs> yeah jesus, you owe me a lot more meals in that what, case what the heck jesus this is crazy but then and so like as i'm and again i'm talking i'm saying this and processing it right there because i'm really bad at preparing beforehand beforehand mm-hmm. if i i just i like doing this and it's for this reason because like the truth came out in the next phrase mm-hmm. because the next phrase says until it is gone mm-hmm and so it was this idea that, like, yeah, at first it sounds counterintuitive to what Jesus would say. Jesus would not say, yeah, use your money to buy friends and have relationships that way. He literally said, use your money 
so much so that it disappears. Mm-hmm. That you have, you've had all this stuff, you've acquired all this wealth, whatever it may be, this worldly mm-hmm. wealth. So whether it's money, whether it's stuff, whether it's fame, power, whatever, mm-hmm. use it in such a way that you no longer have it. Yeah. Like that's how generous you are going to be with it. Mm-hmm. And what's that going to do? It is going to attract, he says, because then you will surround yourself with eternal relationships or something like mm-hmm. that. And so mm-hmm. that the idea of you were just talking about, like, we need to be people that people want to be around. Mm-hmm. If people don't want to be around me because I'm selfish, I'm rude, I'm arrogant, whatever, if I'm those things, then people aren't going to come to me. I'm going to have to barge in on their life. Yeah. If I have to barge in on someone's life, they're not going to hear about Jesus mm-hmm. from me. No one, no one's, yeah. they're not going to listen to me talk about anything, let alone Jesus. But if, if we are acting as people, if we are generous, if we are kind, if mm-hmm. we are loving and gracious in these things, then people, like, I want to be around those type of people. If I know somebody is yeah. generous with their time and money and uh-huh. stuff, if I know that they, they're that way because they care about me, that's who I want to be around. And I'm going to be willing to, like, at least be interested in who they are and why they live life the way they yeah. do. Mm-hmm. And so if I can be that kind of person and it, it comes through that it's because of Jesus, so somebody is attracted to Jesus because they saw how I acted and was attracted to that, that's what we should be doing. We should be striving to be people. And it sounds selfish, like, I should act in a way so that everyone wants to be with me. Yeah. But but for the purpose of, because hopefully being with me means they see God. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that making that connection, it's like... I have this friend and I have this friend and I know you two will be really good friends if you met. So I'm going to, we're both going to hang out. We're all going to hang out so that you two can meet. Mm-hmm. Like that's, I have this friend, God, who's pretty awesome. And I have this friend, you, and I want you to meet God. So we're going to hang out <laughs> like that. And I think people lose sight of that. I yeah. think people lose sight of, and that was the point I tried to make with the middle schoolers and they're middle schoolers. So who knows if they listen <laughs> to anything I said, but I felt good saying yeah. it. And it reminded me like, Oh crap, I need to actually be somebody that's not an idiot. Yeah. And it, I don't know where else I was going with that other than to say, yeah, no, your point amen. is super important that <laughs> amen, we, preach. <laughs> we should actually care about the way that we act, the way that we are perceived, yeah. because we should want people to be with us, because we should want them to experience Jesus, because Jesus should be so much a part of us that they can't help but see Jesus in who mm-hmm. we are, and they can't do that if they don't want to be around us. Yeah, and and it combats a worldly phrase of don't care about what people think yeah. about you. Yeah. Don't care about what people think about you. Do your own thing. And on some level, that phrase may work in certain circumstances. Yeah. But ultimately, like we should – as believers, as Christians, we should care about what people think about us. <laughs> we should care because if we're embodying – you know the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Then, yeah, we want people to see not us, but Jesus Christ. Yeah, because yeah, in that 100%. passage, in that passage you're talking about, he Jesus then says like greed is basically the root of all evil. Yeah. You are go- if you're going to be greedy, then people are going to see that, and they're not going to see me. If you're going to be generous and giving your money for these things, then you know they're going to see me, and yeah. that is the goal. Yeah. And I didn't want it, like, because, yeah, that is the rest, like, you can't serve God in money. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, ah, that's going to be a lot to get into that whole in that moment. Because it's all separate. Man, yeah. That whole passage is, 
it's just a hermeneutical mind boggle. And like, how do you interpret? And that's it? one of the things of the Bible. Like, literally, everyone knows you can't serve God and money. Yeah. Like, what they, you know. But how come I never knew the parable that came before that that mm-hmm. led into it? Like, yeah. what? That happens all the time in Scripture. One of my favorite verses in Scripture is John three seventeen. Yeah. Like, yeah. John three sixteen is super important, mm-hmm. but John three seventeen specifically. <laughs> Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save the world. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the next verse. Yeah. Yeah. That's way more important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's well, not way more important, but that's equally important. And there's so much, like, people should be so adamant about these important, well-known mm-hmm. verses. But then, like, what else is actually happening around it? Because that's super important, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was, we went on a tangent. But no. Great tangent. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was just, I was gonna, I was gonna ask, and maybe we can end with this. Mm-hmm. I, I have a couple other questions that I always end on, and Jake likes to ask random questions. I do. That's fine. I don't have to ask random questions. Neither random questions in my life. <laughs> you wanna do that now? Keep me on my toes. Do you um, have them now, or should I ask this question? Then you ask your random ask questions. Ask that question. Okay. So what are you? Because I'm always interested, and I try to ask kids when I can. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you going through? A certain series right now? Is there something that, that you're focused on? I mean, this is a two-part question because answer whichever one you want because mm-hmm. I'm actually interested in both of them. Um, so, yeah, is there a certain series that you're going through right now? What led to that? How successful do you feel like that's going? Have you had kids talking about that? Or what is something, either in the history of ministry or in recent memory, what is something that you have either a particular message or a particular series that you felt like this was actually super effective and this is why? Hmm. Yeah, so a series we just started and are going through right now is the Psalms. Hmm. So we're doing a four-week series and just uh, picking a couple songs, Psalms, <laughs> songs. Like, man, you're going to cover all the Psalms yeah. in four weeks? Yeah, I was very impressed by that. Like, yeah. Oh. yeah, we just uh, we wanted to do a, a creation song. We wanted to do a lament song um, and a couple others just to not only you know expose kids to a devotional life, to the Psalms because yeah. a lot of kids struggle reading the Bible. Like that's yeah. that's just a hard thing. Uh, and like, where do I start? Like, yeah. I, I have a heart for it, but I don't I don't know where to go. And the Psalms is a great place to go and read. There's that typical read a Psalm a day type of thing, or mm-hmm. have that practice in your life. But helping students to understand, even like a, in a prayer life, because those mm-hmm. psalms are prayers from a raw, raw human beings that are presenting their laments, their praises, their hearts before God and his throne. Uh, and even for, uh, for students who feel inadequate to even pray, because we all feel that. I feel like when I pray in public, even when I pray in private in my own bedroom or in my own house, like I don't even have the words that are going to be enough worth to bring to a holy almighty God. Yeah. And and how inadequate am I? But but praise God through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit speaks those hearts longings as Jesus is mediating for us and he knows what we desire before we even say those things. Mm-hmm. But the Psalms are actual, profound, beautiful words said by other people, but that we use to understand who is God, how does he listen to us, and how does he respond to us. So it's a great experience 
uh, as a devotional prayer life, but also to learn more about the character of God, his holiness. And mm. who are we that we are mind that he is mindful of us? We just went through Psalm eight this last Sunday and it was, it was great talking about God has done these miraculous, marvelous things in the universe just by creating it. And we can often feel like we're pretty small, yeah. like we're pretty insignificant, but by Jesus coming to this earth, the God man dying for us so that we can be reconciled to his father so that we can be in the, the family of God. Like, like how much love does he have for us who are, you know, we're so small that he's given dominion to us, that that was his goal from the beginning of creation. So yeah, that it's going to be a good series. I mean, it's only four weeks, but we, we want to help build up, uh, students in understanding scripture and yep. being able to be confident to go before mm. the throne of God. And, you know, even if we don't have our own words, like we're, we want to speak truth from scripture. Like scripture has a lot to say about prayer. I just got an ESV, uh, prayer Bible. Uh, and it's, it's basically like, uh, the whole Bible, but it has a lot of prayers from the church fathers who mm-hmm. have uh, responded to certain passages. But it it promotes a we need to be praying the Bible, we mm-hmm. need to be praying Scripture, and that will inform us of uh, truths and God's blessings that He wants us to receive through His Word. That that's going to be the food that yeah. we need, and so accommodating that in a prayer life is pretty important. Okay. Yeah. A uh, specific message that I have found uh, that is effective. So, I mean, is there, has there been something recently where you've had like multiple students be like, "This really hit home. This really mm-hmm. made me think about stuff." Yeah. Uh, let's see. Been like, I don't know. It's hard because kids aren't have, super great at this. Students aren't super responsive. Yeah. So, like, it's hard, hard to be like, I need to get to the point where I'm just receiving accolades all the time. It's like, <laughs> Simon, you are God's yeah. gift to youth ministry. That's never like, going to any of us. Yeah, it's the most humbling thing to be uh, teaching high school students. But, um, yeah, I had, like, three should... kids after Tuesday come out and be like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly. all I got. That's all I needed. If three of you, if yeah. it mattered to three of you to come to say thanks, yeah. then sick. Exactly. Yeah. And, but I think one thing that, um, I think some of the things that hit home, that are going to hit home for students are actually the ones that like, they don't, they don't say thank you for, but they're the most like convicting yeah. type of thing. So one thing that I said this last Sunday, um, to students was actually in reference to like reading scripture and um, that a lot of times like we can say um, like I, I don't know how to read the Bible or like I don't want I like it's boring like I don't want to read it at all or and we kind of make the excuse you know I don't know where where to go yeah. or how do I do it type of thing and there are certain uh, things to be learned about reading scripture that are very important. They're going to inform us about loving the word of God. Yep. But a lot of the times, our, the biggest worldviews that we receive are the ones we don't talk about. So social media, watching TV, listening to music, we receive worldviews through osmosis. Yep. We're like, mm. we're not, we don't ever talk about like how sex is such a prevalent message in everything that surrounds communication. Yep. So we're going to have a lot of views about what sex is and mm-hmm. That's going to inform us of how we read into things and how even we read scripture. So I challenge like our students, like 
most of the time we don't want to read scripture because we don't like what it says because our worldviews are going to inform us like what do you mean premarital sex is wrong? What do you mean that this is dishonoring to God? What do you mean these things that God is saying to us is wrong but like the world is telling me that it's good? Yeah. What do you mean that scripture is saying that the heart is deceitful where my friends are telling me follow your heart. Do what like you feel is right. And, like, that we're so far from God that we deserve death. And, like, that's hard for us to read if we have a big worldview yeah. that is contrary to what Scripture tells us. So, so yeah, and then uh, those convicting things, um, not to, like, just hammer students with yeah. just a, a raw message of, like, you're terrible. But, like, we experience these things. Like, I myself, I have to fight every day. The messages that the world gives me, even even when I'm not on social media, yeah. even when I'm not experiencing those things, but the world tells me a lot of things that are going to inform me of how mm. I read scripture. And so if we love if we love the Lord and we love his word, then that should be the main form of our worldview and how it informs us of the, mes- the messages we receive. Yeah. Mm. So I did have one student that came up like, man, that hit hard. Like I needed I needed to hear it. I need to hear, you know, the smallness of humanity, but that God is so mindful to us that he has gifted us not only with creation, but has gifted us with his son, that he was so mindful of us that he became a man. He became lowly, as yeah. Philippians 2 says, like he became a servant. Mm-hmm. Like that is powerful. It was a powerful message. Yeah. Not my message, but the message of scripture. Yeah. That's crazy. That's the chapter I read out of on Tuesday. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. God knows how to work. Mm-hmm. Good you job. Ready? Uh, yeah. I feel really bad, though, because my questions are so, like, <laughs> silly and just – you good, just ranted about something like – Jake, I need, I need this. And I need the good, silliness. It's okay, a good so, departure, and then we'll bring it back in again at the end. <laughs> what is your favorite dipping sauce? Favorite dipping sauce? There is a right answer. Currently – and I say currently because uh, I tried. I'm trying to think about the most consistent, um, consistent thing that I'm eating. So Domino's pizza. So I get pepperoni jalapeno yeah. pizza uh, with my wife. And I'm getting to the age now where you know I can't eat that every day. <laughs> it's, it it, yeah, it, it, it wrecks me. And, but I love it, yeah. and I'm I'm battling the in between of I need to move on from that. So I need to move on <laughs> from that from being the full source of like my my daily bread yeah. type of thing. My favorite dipping sauce though, and I I dip my pizza in this is sriracha ranch. Ooh, All right. sriracha okay. ranch. I and then Chick Fil A sauce. <laughs> I hate ranch, so ranch mm. and ketchup are like. But, like, did you try – so at the Super Bowl party on Sunday, there was a Chipotle ranch. Did you I try did. that? It had a ranch base. I don't like ranch. It was so good. Plus, I didn't know like what I was supposed Chipotle to dip in it. like the Chipotle sauce at Subway is so good. Plus, like, I didn't know what I was supposed to dip into it. I don't dip vegetables. Like, I just eat vegetables because I like the flavors of vegetables. Okay. Well, Sriracha Ranch, Trader Joe's, trademark. Sriracha Ranch. Speaking of Trader Joe's, have you had their ice cream sandwiches? I have not. Oh man, they have like cookies and they're the, the best ice cream sandwiches. I I borderline want to work at Trader Joe's. <laughs> is it? I mean, the benefits are great and they treat their employees really well, but their stuff is fire. Stuff is fuego. You know, Takis. 
Yeah. yeah. They have a Trader Joe's version of that, a chili lime Ooh. chip that is way better than Ooh. actual oh, Takis. Oh, that's borderline blasphemy there. It's a, it's a bold statement, but I love it, dude. Mm. It's so good. <laughs> so one of my favorite questions to ask people is, on death row, what's your final meal? On death row is my final meal. Domino's pepperoni pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> actually, add some pineapple on that. I'm dying, oh. man. I'm gonna put some pineapple on that. <laughs> That's super funny. <laughs> Didn't expect that one. Not like mom's homemade such and such. <laughs> or like a... my mom is a great cook. Or like cranberry. <laughs> but yeah, if I'm not gonna experience, you know, the aftermaths of like stomach hurting and other <laughs> aftermaths of eating pepperoni jalapeno pizza, if dying's like the only outcome of that, why not? I love it. Um, one. Do I have one more silly one? I have one serious one. I'll ask first. Um, what is the most important thing your wife has taught you? She's taught me that I am an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Really, really though, I when I got married, I I like to think that you know I'm not that bad. <laughs> I'm not. Somebody, I'm pretty, somebody I'm was a, willing to say they're going to spend the rest I, of their life. I'm a, I'm a pretty smart guy. I'm like, I love my wife. Like, how can she not like, uh, not love me back? How can she not see that type of thing? <laughs> but it really reveals a lot of you know my shortcomings. And actually, my wife has marriage has helped me grow in in the fullness in the likeness of Christ more than anything. I think it's the beauty of marriage. I like. She reveals – it's a mirror. It's like I'm looking at a mirror every day of my real self. Hmm. I'm like, man, I am, I am like selfish. I am this guy who thinks about uh, how he uh, – the things that he can re- – that I can receive and not serving my wife as Christ has called me to. So, yeah, it challenges, it challenges me a lot. So the greatest thing that I've learned from, from my wife is, yeah, I'm pretty stupid. <laughs> And in that, like, yeah, my dad always taught me, like, you know, the five – I think it's five words. The five words that you need to say to your wife is, I am a stupid, stupid man. <laughs> I'm a stupid, stupid man. Uh, yeah. And she she's actually way better at ministry than I am. Huh. Yeah. Which, like – Does she help out too in one sense? Yeah. Or? She leads a small group of, of seniors. She's done youth ministry with me for the past three – Is that how you guys met? Was no. That's that's another story that we could talk about later. But we were actually born in the same hometown. Oh, wow. Same hospital, 11 days apart. Wow. Uh, and then reconnected uh, after college and dated, engaged, now we're married. Dang. That's so cool. So another, that's like, awesome. humorous uh, – but also, like, uh, God's sovereignty – yeah. To bring us together. That's wow. cool. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, my final question will be, what animal would you have as a pet if you can have any sort of animal as a pet? A lemur. Okay. Why? A small monkey. Okay. A small monkey. It's pretty like it's like for some weird odd reason I just think it's an attractive ideal to have a. So a like Zabufu. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Why not? I That's love great. that you just knew that. You, you right mean, I away. I really I really enjoy that you instantly knew your answer. Yeah. I've been asked the question like what would you have in like a life size like as a life size pet or if you could train an animal type of thing as your pet and 
I always respond with lemur. I want that to be a consistent answer. The other one of my favorite questions in the same vein is which fictional universe would you want to live in? Well, I want to live in New Zealand, so I live in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Hobbiton. You just want to be Hobbiton. in Hobbiton. You don't want to you don't want all the Lord of the Rings craziness. Yeah. You just want yeah, to live, I want to live in, in the Shire. Yeah, the Shire. Yeah. A, I mean, hey, they live people, a good life. They have seven meals a day. I am down. Yeah, people say Star Wars or Narnia or what other universe? X-Files. Harry Potter. <laughs> I want to be in the X-Files. I want to be in the X-Files. I want to be in Star Man, Wars. I have nightmares about the X-Files. Yeah. I used to fall asleep, you know, when it was on a weekly show and it was super popular. I used mm-hmm. to... That would be the theme music to me going to bed because my parents would watch it. Yeah. So I'm in my bedroom and I can hear the do, 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 do. Yeah. Great. I'm going to have a nightmare now. It's my boss's uh, ringtone <laughs> and alarm to wake up. <laughs> dun, That's miserable. Dun, 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 oh. dun, it's so dun. creepy. Dun, 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 dun. I mean, it's fantastic dun, dun, dun. music because it's effective. Yeah, anyway. The score okay. is great. Um, what's the second one I always ask? It doesn't matter. We'll just go with one then because we've gone over. <laughs> In your life, what is either the most important, the most meaningful, the most shaping either piece of scripture or like Bible story that has impacted you the most? Wow. Yeah, that's that's a good, really, really good question. I think um, one of the passages that has come from the most influential people in my life is my dad. It's like when I've found myself in dark places or just overwhelmed with the guilt of sin, but my dad has always been the man to encourage me in scripture and to, uh, to love me as Christ, uh, mm-hmm. loves us. Uh, one of the passages, first John one nine is that confess your sins that he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And so that's been a huge comfort for me in my life to, you know, even for youth ministry, like, I have no idea what background students are coming from. And, mm-hmm. like, you kind of, like, sh- want to shake kids. Like, what the heck are you doing with your life? <laughs> uh, All the time. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but the patience that, that comes with that. And to look at my own life as a, as a reflection of grace and mercy that Christ has shown to me in my life where I felt so low. I felt so... Uh, felt so sinful and like the worst person on the planet, but that he has been faithful to forgive us. And he put those things on the cross. He said, it is finished. It is finished. And therefore I live my life in a reflection of that and in celebration of that, that that is the best news to live by. So, yeah. That's awesome. Mm. All right. Well, let's get out of here. (laughs) thank you thank you for being here we clearly could have gone much much longer on many other things we didn't Mm -hmm. even talk about sports before we started recording we were going all in (laughs) yeah or there's so many other things so So I guess you'll have to come back yeah I'll come come back back. for episode 2 yeah yeah so uh, thank you guys for listening Um, as you know I'm Jake Mathis Uh, follow us on social medias at F-R-O-M-B-O-B-S-O-F-F-I-C-E from Bob's office it still gets me that he can do that so well every time. And then he didn't spell Slytherin correctly last night. It was really <laughs> There are a lot of words for me that I can't spell or say, but it just happens. People know normally. It's crazy. So, yeah. 
I, I practiced that one in the mirror a few times. <laughs> I didn't actually. It's just a good joke. So yeah, thank you guys for enjoying us. Uh, signing off, Jake Mathis. I'm Jacob Bomber. I'm Simon Viss, and I have to go to the bathroom really bad. <laughs> <laughs> have a great day.